Martin. Martin. Jobber Talk with Martin. Jobber Talk with Martin and John on PWR. So, uh, we were talking on chapter, yeah, the previous chapter about PWR's Vendetta. Welcome to chapter 4 with Revolution X. It was May 2015. One guy was so bored out of his brain and had island fever, so he was kind of glad he was back in MCS to uh, cover this event. And it's not me. Okay, fine. It might be me. Hi, I'm Martin and this is John. Hi, guys. We'll be talking about Revolution X and how it cemented certain stuff in PWR history. So we are going to match number one with classical Brian Leo versus Mayhem Brannigan. Anything we need to note about this match, John? All right, so this was the first match, I think, uh, which is weird because this is this is a main event card. It's yep. uh, an Iron Man match that was supposed to go for, what, 30 minutes? Yep. And it was weird that uh, this was the match on top of the card, but I suppose they needed to set a tone because because this was a uh, what uh this was where this was like their coming out party I think yeah, uh, yeah this is where they will be crowning the first ever PWR champion I guess they wanted this out of the way or uh want to set the you know good starting match how did you like the presentation or the this one as a starter I suspect they did it because both wrestlers had flashy entrances or at least uh, mayhem flashed it up for this one because well brian leo we know how he does it he does the flare walk and uh he has his entourage and he has his speaking routine but mayhem brought it up by bringing in his own army his bunch of mayhem clones the brannigan brigade not to be confused with the dibiase posse uh, how many future wrestlers were in that Brandigan Brigade <laughs> disguised in masks? We're sorry we're going to take out Kayfabe here and we're going to spell them out who I can see here. Well, in this picture, the one who strikingly looks evident here, part of the brigade, is Rhetoric Mahaba and at least one half of Los Trabadores. Yeah, we're not calling you El Trabadores <laughs> or El Trabajadores. You fail in Spanish, whoever you guys are. <laughs> yeah, we love you though. Is that yet the video game guy? Nintendo? Yeah. He might be. No, 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 no. Because he's in the next picture. He's wearing a hat, cap, similar to uh, Redick Mahaba. All right. Are we really doing kayfabe here? We're supposed to be in an analysis show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, kayfabe's on the Wedded Manila articles. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. I'm sure the podcasts don't do kayfabe. They better not. It's anyway. supposed to be about the real score, man. Right, right, right. We keep it real now. So Kratos, the god of war. Well, for at least five minutes because the the body paint was gone in like 30, 40 seconds. He just sweated it off. Yeah, man. Mayhem slapped the taste out of that paint. <laughs> he slapped the blue out of his face. This was a very brutal match, if you remember. Like, yeah, it was, it was back and forth. Lots of uh, weapon use. Wait, was there weapon use? Yeah, um, this one had a chain and. Oh no, that that was Vendetta, man. <laughs> no, no, this one also. This one also, but of course, most of the pictures we're seeing uh, in the recap are the in-ring action. But they did take it outside. It was a long match. Oh yeah, the the outside. Mm. Oh god, that the dives. Remember the dives? Yes, yes. 
god. So it was a great way to start off. It was a risk because you're putting a a uh, main event match at the start of the at the start of the event. And I think it set the tone quite well because well the main event itself didn't disappoint, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, like uh it's a can you top this from start to finish for PWR. I think Brian Leo ended up winning this one. So here's what's gonna happen. Had Brian Leo lost, yeah, what would have happened if Brian Leo lost? I couldn't remember, but all I know is if Brian Leo won, Mayhem will never ever fight Brian Leo again for at least one year. And if Brian Leo lo- uh, Mayhem Brannigan won, oh Jesus Christ, what would have happened, man? Wasn't this the match that allowed Brian Leo to this is like his money in the bank, right? This is what allowed him to yeah. grab his championship. And remember, we never expected Leo to win for one reason. He was on a losing streak. I didn't believe for a second he was going to lose. They needed a villain. So even if he had a losing streak, it had to end or else well, everybody, everybody's walking through cupcakes. There's no baddie to stand up to. What did we predict here? Oh, gosh. Yeah. We, we both said Brian Leo was going to win. Yep. And uh, really, I mean, were you going to pit Mayhem against JDL? Or against Bombay Suarez. Um, two faces are a nice treat, a nice break in the action, but there's no drama in a face versus face match. There's the possibility though, had Mayhem won, he could have turned heel. However, how do you think the crowd, or how would you have reacted had he turned into a bad guy? Well, he already had the mask, so it wasn't a far leap from uh, face to heel for Mayhem. It would have been easy if he, if he did it. I just suspected that and this is just a suspicion that he was one of the uh, faces that they were grooming to be face of the company. So uh, a heel turn was probably not in the cards branding-wise. Now we go to another, you know, another one-on-one match. This time with John Sebastian versus Ralph Imabayashi, part two. How did you like uh, John Sebastian's, um, I don't know, the, how did we react to this again? The kiss makeup? Well... <laughs> Well, the kiss makeup made him look more Japanese than Imabayashi. <laughs> Irony of the situation here. He was ready to rock and roll all night and party every day. Uh, so, like Brian Leo's Kratos, he had the white slapped out of his face pretty early. <laughs> no, no, let me correct you. He had the white kicked out of his face early. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> because Imabayashi continued his high octane offense, the kicks, and he just brutalized on John Sebastian early going until Sebastian got the, uh, you know, the upper hand midway. Yep. Like Kratos, the face paint didn't last very long. So he finished, John, uh, John Sebastian finished with a John Cena move. No, no, that's midway throughout the match. Oh, that was midway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was always wondering why why a John Cena moveset for a guy like him. Like, yeah, I, I always thought he fit more the Edge template. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a way for him to like rile up the crowd because 90% of us hate John Cena. How else can he get hated more? He should imitate someone we hate. Didn't, didn't we all hate rated, uh, rated the... What was that tag team he had with Orton? Rated RKO. Rated, rated RKO. Then we hate that too. A bunch of douchebags. Well, we, for me, I hated it more because Orton was there. It was kind of cool. 
Well, yeah, that's true. Edge was kind of cool. <laughs> we can't hate on Edge, but we can hate on John Cena and Sebastian thought wise and it worked. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. And after his uh, losing streak of 0-2, Sebastian got the win on this one. And the series is now tied 1-1, Sebastian and Ralph Imobayasi. I thought it was 0-2. How did it become 1-1? Oh, uh, no, no. 0-2, John Sebastian's real losing streak that time. He lost to JDL. He lost to uh, Imabayashi. But in the series of Imabayashi and Sebastian, it's 1-1. Speaking of 1-1, what's going to happen when one guy named Main Max takes on the Apocalypse for a last man standing match? Actually, this felt like a continuation of the all-out war tag team match, except that there's just two people in the ring. And uh, actually, have you ever seen Apocalypse lose? Yep, he lost on Renaissance to Bombay. And this was actually his winning streak, Apocalypse. Like, he really went on a uh, a good run after losing initially to Bombay. Oh, I thought, I thought it was like The Undertaker, like he had a, an unbeaten streak. Actually, I felt Main Max would have done... Oh, no, Main Max lost too in his first match. This is where he got injured, right? Oh, yeah. This is like his last... On in-ring performance until until they went to I Academy the same year, a lot of high spots here. You can see, remember the high, the Undertaker like dive to uh, to know to Main Max and a guy who kind of looks like Bruno Bernardo of the Network. All right. <laughs> oh, wait, we're not doing kayfabe, right? We're supposed to be about the real stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. It was off to Bouncer City for Apocalypse, diving in off the ring. But and where did the, where did Main Max get his injury? It was his arm, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he had a sling after this. But damn, uh, 50 Shades chant also worked on Main Max's advantage this time, if you remember. And then the Bagong Trey chance, the Orokan chance. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, actually, uh, the thing about Main Max is I never heard him speak either. He, I don't think he... Here? Like in one promo. Because before he was supposed to be Silent Rage, uh, he was supposed to be Silent Rage's main max. Never speaking. But he spoke once or twice. How did it go? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Didn't main max used to be another, didn't he used to have another gimmick? No, no, no. It's really just main max. Oh, he wasn't that bonjing fellow people were chanting? No, that's also him. He was being taunted as Bonjing. Oh, I thought there really was a wrestler named Bonjing. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's no. very Filipino, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was being made fun of Bonjing, but he showed otherwise. He's the muscle of, of the uh, flush, after all. <laughs> the muscle of the flushel? <laughs> muscle of the flushel. But this is where the muscle gets taken out by the apocalypse. After a very, 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 very hard steel chair crash with a death bell. Yeah, so actually that was the most hardcore, the most hardcore match I've seen so far, so far with PWR. I mean, yeah, sure, at one point you had Bombay lighting his hand on fire, but even that match didn't have as many dangerous spots as this one. But yeah, props to both guys, like, shit, man. How can you top that? That was the true ECW, man. <laughs> uh, but we're straying away from ECW-like matches, and now we're going to a submission match between Chris Penzer and Kane Warren. 
uh, a submission match, uh, if done well, should be a technical showpiece. Uh, so the wrestlers have to have their A game on, all of their moves have to be on point. Because matches like these tend to expose a lot of botches because they're all trying to do something technical. We're going to address the white elephant in the room here before the match happened. Both guys have... Oh, hold on. I'm being texted by the anonymous Raw general manager. Oh, okay. Move along. So yeah, you we know that Panzer doesn't have a submission hold. So does Ken Warren. Their finishing moves or maneuvers are striking and high impact. So when I said, when I read submission match, okay, have they established any holds before this match? I don't think so. At least one guy should be known to have a submission hold. I mean, I understand because when The Undertaker and uh, John Cena had their own submission match. Undertaker already had. Undertaker already had a set of submission moves. So John Cena had the STFU. Actually, at that point, it was barely known that he had an STFU. I think this is where he... He truly debuted the move. Like, he did uh, st- uh, an STF, but it was here that it became the STFU. <laughs> Just insert the U. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it would have been, uh, this would have uh, worked better if at least one of them had a known uh, submission hold. But as Martin said, uh, they're both strikers in terms of finishing. Although, this is my second event, so I didn't know. Uh, they had any fin, uh, I didn't know which finishers were what. What was Panzer's finisher? Uh, uh the Panzer strike. Imagine, um, a running flying kick to your face. Oh, or like, the Daniel like a, Bryan. Oh, I thought that was like the broad kick. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Ken Warren's the Wi Fi. The, the combination of the kick to the face and then the kick to the back. Oh, okay. So, actually, this, so instead of, uh, Presenting somebody with a fin- with a finishing move, a submission finishing maneuver already. I suppose they decided it was a good time. It was a good time to debut a submission maneuver for at least one of these characters. Sadly, we'll never see them do it most of the time after this match. But we're spoiling the next few chapters. <laughs> Which is sad, actually, if you think about it. Because uh, at least both of them showed technical chops for yeah. submission maneuvers. We really saw it there. Like, like, what's this picture? Yeah, this is a surfboard, right? Mm-hmm. On Warren by Panzer. And then this is Warren doing the uh, body scissors headlock thing. It's a... Uh, what did they call this? Uh, yeah, it's a front face lock, but... With body scissors. Yeah. But yeah, great showing by both guys here. Even with the white elephant in the room, they have no known submission holds. <laughs> They still pulled it off. White elephant. Because they're both white. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, here's something strikingly weird. If you notice throughout the events, Panzer and Warren will grow their hairs out. This is where it just starts to grow. Actually, I just yeah. That. Yeah, at, at <laughs> this point, Ken Warren had a Jufro. And I don't know what Panzer's Panzer was wearing. <laughs> yeah, Panzer, this is like two events before he had the. You know, he had to knot his hair, hmm. like the HBK style uh, hair knot. <laughs> so yeah, the we're also talking about the evolution of their hairstyles. 
Speaking of evolution, we will be talking about the evolution of the PWR tag team division here with the match between Beer Prom D, that's our favorite Canto Terror and Mark D. Manalo, versus Dual Shock, Peter Versosa and Sandata, versus the Fighters for Hire, Mini Brock and Mini Rusev, also known as Rosales and Bax, who are also over as fuck. Because they're over as fuck. Because I mean, the chance itself, man. Remember Suplex City, Rusev, Tapusin. I don't, uh, I'd, li- I'd just like to dwell a bit on Beer Prom. One of the reasons why I like them so much is that they are such a Filipino tag team. Um, of all the tag teams here, they're the ones with no WWE analog. I mean, I talk about... Um, Kanto Terror being like Sandman, but that's only because of the beer. In terms of personality, background, I mean, those two are by far the most locally flavored characters in the entire PWR. And they have the best entrance musics ever. Yeah, they're all, they're all jeepney classics or karaoke classics. <laughs> <laughs> like Lak Lak and then Take On Me. Take On Me. <laughs> So, uh, this match was, I don't know, for me, cause for me, when, uh, you already, you're trotting out three way elimination tags, it sort of shows that you're running out of ideas for your tag team division. And, uh, it's not PWR's fault. Even WWE doesn't know what to do with its tag team division. And yeah, the roster is still, like, not big yet at this point. Kinda, yeah, actually, uh, in fact, I think this is the last time we see the tag team division this active in PWR. Yeah, you know, before uh, they got injured, legit or story-wise. Right? Yeah, and then even then, even after everybody got their bands back together, uh, after this this uh, high point of uh, PWR's tag team division, uh, they broke up. Sandata and Versosa. They they kept booking the fighters for hiring singles matches. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. This really happened? You read that? Sandata and PV won something. Well, eliminated fighters for hire. Oh, yeah, they did. They they actually lost, broke the losing streak. How come that's not in the record books? Okay, fine. Because it's one match, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, guys, they won. What the hell? Why you broke them up? Yeah, why did Versosa go Billy Gunn on Sandata? I, I mean, look, Sandata gave them the win. Well, the first elimination, right? <laughs> I suppose it's not counted because they were also eliminated. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the final four, like uh, Sandata and PV had to still try to defeat the powerhouse team of Kanto Terror and Mark DiManalo. And the power of, of the beer. Stunner. <laughs> and the power of beer. You can never defeat Beer. Sadly, Sandata got took out again as the fall guy. Yeah, they, they sort of built that up as uh, the reason why they broke up. Sandata kept screwing it up. <laughs> so they're trying to establish the mask guy as the Morty Janetti of the two. Wait, that makes a lot of sense. You see how they, uh, they, you see how they sell Peter Versosa now? Remember when we thought there, there was a lot of overlap between his new gimmick and uh, Rhetoric? and Rhetoric Mahabas? So if Sandata is the Marty Janetti, then Peter Versosa is the Shawn Michaels. Holy smokes! I didn't know that. God damn. Anyway, guys, we'll be back right after the 
No, we don't have any breaks here. This is a this is a special episode. So god damn it, you don't put a break here, Jao. <laughs> We're going to the main event right now. You hear me? Right now. For the PWO Championship. It's Bombay Suarez versus Jake DeLeon. Actually, this one, I really like this match because it was as much a technical showcase as the previous match. And uh, while face versus face championships or face versus face matchups tend to be boring, this one made up for it by, well, at least for me, by showing a wide variety of moves. And uh, it showed the, the full range of what PWR was capable of, what an average PWR uh, wrestler can expect from an average PWR wrestler. Well, yeah, if you see this picture right here, well, you won't see this picture right here. You'll see that if you remember, like, when there was a head scissors by Bombay, what did JDL do? He did the hands, the handstand or yeah. thing, and he landed on his feet. Mm-hmm. They really established, like, the master and the, uh, the apprentice. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, this, this, uh, this was like a passing of the torch, if I understand correctly. Cause, uh, the pre-show vignettes were like, no Bombay and JDL hyping up that, yeah, Bombay trained JDL. It was like the master, so proud of him. But I'm sorry, I'm gonna kick your ass, JDL. Or like JDL saying, yeah, you taught me almost everything in the ring, but I have to win this title. And said something in his dialect. Uh, we're still getting our specialist outside this show, so we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get Google Translate to tell us what he said. <laughs> So yeah, this was an awesome match and JDL won with the Alipin drop for the title. He's now the very, very first PWR champion. But wait, what happened next? He was PWR champion for five minutes. <laughs> Why is that, John? Look who's coming down the ring with his money in the bank. <laughs> or with a microphone and Mr. C actually accepted the proposal. Of, okay, you want your title shot now? Sure. Why not? Go crazy. Here, get in the ring. Fight him while well, he's slightly injured. <laughs> Alright, so we have the Seth Rollins finish. Actually, this happened after Mania, right? Oh, yeah, this was uh, May 2015. So there were shades of uh, Seth Rollins getting the title from Roman Reigns. Yeah, for me, this was more like Edge, uh, you know, cashing in his first one against Cena because it was directly after the match. Just like, yeah. All right. Uh, Reigns did it. Ah, wait. Uh, Rollins did it during <laughs> the Brock Reigns match. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So, shades of uh, Money in the Bank style shenanigans. Uh, Brian Leo comes in and basically steals the title away by pinning an injured JDL. And the new PWR champion is Brian Leo. Actually, this was uh, even before this match. I was predicting that at some point Brian Leo was going to be champion, if only because they needed a heel to hold the championship belt. The roster isn't big enough to have a heel uh, face hold it. If you know what I mean, if a face held the championship belt for a long time, people will get bored. So you needed a heel to hold it until you could get a proper payoff, which PWR did later on. We'll talk about that in the next few chapters of PWR history. But we'll go back to Brian Leo. Now I remember what was at stake for Brian Leo. Had Leo lost, the Royal Flush would be disbanded. 
it felt weird for me. The stakes were not that high for me. I'm like, oh, if I lose, I just can't face Brian Leo. But at the same time, it made sense for the finish. He, for one calendar year, while Leo's the champion, he cannot get a shot at the title. Because the title guy is Brian Leo. Uh, actually, uh, well, maybe because circumstances forced it that way when um, when Mayhem was injured. Uh, I think Mayhem would have made the great uh, Terminus matchup. But yeah, he was injured. Uh, but sadly, it's not yet one calendar year <laughs> had he lost. Uh, I mean, you know, had he not been injured. Well, yeah, that's true. But And they needed to give the Christmas crowd something good to take home. So they, had, they pushed him Obayashi. Anyway, that is for a later chapter. <laughs> yeah, and this is where we will close the chapter of Revolution X. The crowning of classical Brian Leo and the reign of the Royal Flush. Mm-hmm.